Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Filmmaking Sucks podcast. Uh, this week, we have something very special for you. On Saturday, January 14th, the McCompfort Film Festival hosted a panel dedicated to women in media, featuring some of the featured filmmakers and artists who were in attendance for the show. Right off the bat, I have to apologize for the audio. The panel was held in the mezzanine level of the hotel, and the crowd attending the festival can be heard behind the ladies, so the audio is a little noisy. But what these ladies have to say is important to the future of women in media, and we are happy to bring this to you. So, hosted by Adam Ginsberg of Twitch Twitch Productions, here is the Women in Media panel from the Macabre Fair Film Festival. Enjoy. At the Macabre Film Festival, we always like to do informative panels, and we also like to do panels where we can get involved with a number of people at once that are in the genre in various ways. And I think we have a pretty excellent panel uh, today. Um, wow, this is going to be something. I think what I'm most impressed with by the ladies on this panel is, and we're going to go through real quick each one of them, but they all have their hands in some way, shape, or form over virtually every aspect of the film and the filmmaking process. And, you know, you talk about, I don't want to go politics heavy, but there's a big push about Hillary and the first woman president and things like this. And here you have women who are shadowing through in, uh, in, in the indie film world and uh, in horror in particular right here. Uh, and the shattering, I believe, is now getting to the point where there's awards being won and such. And I think I'm pretty certain and confident that these are names and women that are going to be seen going to bigger and bigger levels in the game. Um, so, you know what, I'm going to start with Gail on, on the end there. Uh, Gail Wissenbuch, I know Gail, I've seen her on quite a few sets. Uh, I wasn't aware that she does wardrobe and costume design. That was something, I thought she was, you know, sort of, I'll be there to help in whatever way possible. Um, and then I find out recently, quite the opposite, it's not just that, but she has an eye and uh, creativity, and she's very involved uh, with uh, Patrick Devaney and his group, films like Impervia and Amirage, and, uh, and I can only imagine what the future will bring, and that's, uh, that's Gail uh, down there. Um, Deanna Demko. Uh, am I wrong in saying that you've acted in somewhere like 40 films? 70. 70. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that right there is obviously, um, it's not a hobby. It's a commitment to what this is. It's a commitment to the passion and the craft of acting. And, uh, and you know, we've got a lot of experience, you know, right there in that one person as we're going to go through this panel. And one thing I want to mention, guys, this isn't going to be the type of panel where I'm going to ask questions. That's not what this is about. What I would love is if we get through who they are and literally let's get you guys involved asking these questions. You know, I can ask questions all day, but I can't ask the specific things that are, you know, in each of your minds. So that's what I'd like to do with this today. Um, Lindsay Serrano. Lindsay is uh, is one of the <laughs> juggernauts that, that I mentioned. Uh, a producer, you know, a, a director, just has her hands over every aspect in what's going on in the film. And uh, perhaps you saw some of her, her work uh, this weekend. Last night was a premiere of Beta Sense, which is just one of many projects that, that she's been a, a part of. So uh, really good stuff. And then I've got, uh, and I don't really, um, I didn't really know you, 
prior, I've seen your face before, and I didn't realize that you were so involved in makeup and special effects. And, um, that's, um, that's something that, as, as, uh, as an actor myself and someone who's been under a heck of a lot of latex and, uh, and, and blood and had to deal with what is sometimes very uncomfortable, I've dabbled, but I never took it to the point of trying to go beyond just what I had to do for myself. So I think having someone on, on the uh, panel tonight who's a makeup artist is going to be uh, pretty special, and that's uh, Beatrice Sniper. Um, very nice. Now you, my dear Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer. Producer, writer, director, actress, editor. I mean, it, it was uh, cinematography, it was uh, awards won, it was being at our festival previously, um, having a heck of a time partying and enjoying just what we're all about. It was someone who I've seen over the last few years get really serious with this game. And now films that we originally saw come in, like um, Jacko Slasher, I think that's global. Is that one global? You know, and uh, and this is someone that I'm talking about who is like just pushing. You know, if there's any kind of ceiling, it's like I'm. You know, that's this is what I'm talking about with, uh, with people here. And then we have we have someone with us tonight. It's very special to have her here. Uh, someone who's part of another film festival here on Long Island, the uh, Long Island International um, uh, Film Festival. Someone who's part of uh, Nass Nassau County, I don't think it's called the Film Commission. The Nassau County Film Commission. Oh, it is still. Uh, Nassau County Film Commission. Um, you've been involved uh, as a producer, as a, as a director of one of your films, uh, Last Night Taxi Driver is here. I'm talking about Deborah Markowitz. So we've got a panel here with everything from the women who've been part of the camera, behind the camera, uh, made sure that what is happening in those cameras is, uh, is done right. And then on top of that, the other angle is helping business come in to the community. And, the, and in this instance, we're talking Nassau County, which is just you know, a handful of miles away from here. And the impact that that can have on a community financially, uh, let alone the lives of the creatives that are involved in that. And that's a little bit of what Deborah's been involved with for probably what? 28 years. So um, with that said, and then, oh wait, we got somebody stuck in. <laughs> I was trying to find the proper room. Right, uh, well, that's for having me. Uh, Kelly Ray Legault, uh, actress, I'm going to get this wrong, but probably I think around a dozen films. Or yeah, more. about that, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have seen Painkiller before, I think that role there really exemplifies uh, the level uh, of depth that, that Kelly goes into to really just... You lose. The, it's no longer a film. What can I say? You watch Painkiller, uh, a performance like hers. It's no longer a film. You really feel like you're flying on the wall, and uh, the character is so real. It's not even a character anymore. And that's the type of actress that uh, Kelly is. I had an opportunity to work with her very briefly uh, on the Long Island serial killer. 
very impressed from the moment I saw the audition, straight on through to working with her, and uh, very happy that you managed to find Thank you, Adam. Thank you. So, um, there we go, guys. I'm kind of just going to clear it away now, and just to you know, raise a hand with direct traffic, and of course, <laughs> first and foremost, Edward X. Young. Edward, feel free. Well, I kind of throw it out to whoever wants to answer, but you know, what is it? Probably you've been asked this before in other venues, but I mean... Traditionally, or once upon a time, or stereotypically, I mean, the genre would is viewed as a testosterone-fueled genre, and, uh, and at one time it was almost solidly such until recent years. What is it that draws women in the performing arts into horror? What, what draws you into this particularly weird genre? You can be doing regular... There's a lot of morbid females out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll can I talk to Lindsay? I think she has no Um, you know, I, I, I think that's sort of a, a, a stereotype that's lasted too long. Um, yeah, it's been made by males for males, but we were the ones that were really enjoying these things. I mean the eighties were the time of the final girls. You know, we took on the monsters. I mean, look at, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. It was the girl that took him down every time. Um, but I think also, as a, as a gender, we're a lot closer to darkness than I think people like to think that we are. Um, you know, as, as going back as, you know, a woman who was in charge of the household, the woman was the one dealing with the difficulties and was trying to find the peace and keeping things going. Like, when a woman was a homemaker, she had to deal with the darkness and find a way to make it so that everything was okay for the children and for her husband and to make things easier. And I think that because we're so much more in touch with our feelings and our emotions, and we're allowed to be, I think that we can embrace and accept and deal with darkness in a completely different light. But we don't see things as just evil. We don't see them as just bad. You know, we try and find the hope in them and the strength in them. And I think that's really where women in horror is going. It's not just like, hear me roar, I'm a woman, but it's like, there's darkness in the world, but there's beauty in the darkness as well. And there's hope, and there's strength. And that's what I think we're all bringing with every little thing that we do. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, uh, as children, was, uh, was horror a, a genre that you enjoyed watching? Was it just something that you kind of fell into later on and realized, hey, this is pretty cool? No, very much. I used to love all the horror movies. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how much Godzilla is, but I remember watching Godzilla, you know, as a young child and, you know, my, my brother running out of the room. But, you know, things like that and then come down to, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and things like that, and I just loved all the blood and gore and stuff. I'm sort of the opposite. I wasn't allowed to watch that. Uh, my parents are, are very big um, into feminists. My mom was one of the ones that was in the movement. She was a bra burner and she was in the protests. And they kind of felt with the stereotype that women were, were objectified by horror films. And 
So I wasn't allowed. It was I snuck it, of course. The older I got, the more I kind of snuck things. But even then, you know, you saw Friday the 13th, you know, on, on Channel 11, well, on Friday the 13th, you play the marathon. It's all cut up, and there's commercial breaks. And, of course, you're, you know, you're having your slumber party with your girlfriends, and they're like, oh, my God, this is so scary. Let's turn it off. And I was like, no. Um, but then I met my amazing husband, and who would become my husband, and he showed me ginger snaps, which, if you've never seen, I mean, we just... Once you're done with this panel, just go and get it. It is an amazing movie that really compares transforming into a werewolf with a, with a girl going through hunger. And I've, ne I've never seen anything like that before. And I think that's part of like where I fell in love, with, like that there are ways to talk about the darkness in, in real life. So. Me personally, I was always... My parents always tell this story that they took me to see... Uh, Sleeping Beauty when I was a little girl and we came back from the movie and my mom was like so what did you think of the movie and I was like you know what when I grow up I want to be just like her and my mom was like you want to be Sleeping Beauty when you grow up and I was like no I want to be Maleficent because she wears black and purple and can turn into a dragon and my parents were like oh oh no oh, no and, and I kind of always stayed this way and, and I loved the darkness and the horror of, you know, and I, I always tried to sneak to watch the movies. They didn't want me to, but, yeah, it never changed. <laughs> I would say for me, I fell into it later on in life. I've always been drawn to, like, the darkness, but more like the psychological horror and the things that people go through. I love watching Unsolved Mysteries oh, when I was growing up. Oh, my brother would run out of the room when the theme song would come on, and I was like, wrapped. You know, like, I wanted to know. I love crime and drama, and you know, things that are so far from myself. I'm really drawn to that darkness in humanity, and it just continues to this day. It's fun to be something so primal because fear is a very primal emotion, and in the horror genre, women are allowed to be the strong ones, as Lindsay said, and go for it. There's the other end of the spectrum too, which I'm sure we'll discuss at some point. But um, yeah, it's it's a great opportunity to play those strong powerful roles. Anyone else for the question? <laughs> I feel very strongly about that. I'm sorry. To jump on. Um, yeah, sexuality in horror films are intrinsically linked. It's not going anywhere. It shouldn't. There's a place for it. But we're more than just tits and tank tops. I, for one, am going to continue to make the most daring, powerful work that I can. And I, I applaud people to think broader, uh, directors, producers, writers, in a male-dominated industry, if there's a strong character or a lead character, you always think it's going to be a guy. Try to flip the script. See. Patrick wrote Impervia with me in mind. Uh, a cop, you know, taking over a whole family, that's easily, number one, a man. You've seen it over and over again. He gave me a chance to do something very special, and I was grateful for the opportunity. But, yeah, I just would hope people continue to challenge that that role that women play in horror films.
because I know it's, it's very sexual, sexuality and fear, primal emotions, it goes hand in hand, it's not going to change, but change your mindset. I actually got my start in, and Pete, you already know this, I, I actually got my start as a screen queen, um, for those of you who don't know. Um, so I did a lot of the, the roles where you run around half naked, screaming your head off. Um, and I did a lot of movies like that. They're out there, guys, if you're looking. Um, there are... You have to start somewhere sometimes. So for sometimes, you know, and I probably, probably will not agree, but sometimes... You know, when girls will ask me, I will say to them, if you're trying to start out, there are roles out there like that to get you your start so that when you get older, you can get better roles. And not and I don't mean older as in, you know, 50s and 60s. I mean, you know, you have to sometimes work your way up. Um, unfortunately, sometimes you have to work your way up by doing roles that kind of look back on and say, yeah, I did that. You know, there are movies that I look back on and I say, yeah, I did that. You know, and some of them are not on my, you know, you said I did 40 movies. Some of them are not on my IMDb because I look back on them and I'm like, yeah, I did that. But, you know, there are some out there that I did a lot of screen for. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not just horror, it's a personal journey also, it's from, as female filmmakers and, and the roles that we see, and I didn't, um, actually the only horror movie that I've done is uh, The Last Taxi Driver, I am writing a horror feature that uh, somebody's commissioned me to do, but um, even as a filmmaker, I didn't realize until I was asked to speak on, um, anybody see the documentary Misrepresentation? Yes. Okay. I was asked to speak on that at um, a panel really that they had at the uh, Landmark on Main Street. And it wasn't until after I watched it that I had to think about what I was writing. And I already had certain things in, in progress that I had to finish off the way they are, but most of my roles have been male-centered. And I'm like, why do I do that? And I really didn't know why. It's just what came out. Um, I even have, a, I'm also an author. I have a, three books published, but the one, uh, this huge thing that I'm working on, I brought it to an agent who's actually a pretty big agent. And it started with the male, and she said to me, no, it has to be female starting the book, but a male starting the movie. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah. So it took me six months going, I don't know how to make this work, because I knew my vision of how it was supposed to start is how it was going to start. But um, after seeing that documentary, it really made me start thinking about the things that I'm going to conceive after that, you know, that I wanted to be a strong female character, and it even kind of made me bring, bring out a character, a cartoon character I uh, created a long time ago. I never did anything with it, but it's called Vagilante. And it's a... <laughs> <laughs> and, and in this climate, it's the perfect you climate for her. So I kind of had it. Because she's just sick of it. You know, she's just tired of it, and she's just ready to go out there and kick some ass. So you know, it's an evolution, and it's in every film. John, you say one thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think that people's attitudes are going to change about women in film in general. I don't. Th I think that. It's going to continue being a male-dominated industry. Face it, it's that's just what it is. That's what people, you know, see when they look at a box. You know what I mean? But if you're at our level, if you're doing something indie, if you're doing different things, I mean, there are ways to get recognized. And I'm not, you know, 
I'll direct a crazy, you know, girl screaming down the hallway covered in blood myself. You know what I mean? There, there are stereotypes thrown around that I wish that, like, going forward, things could just be like, I'm changing your mindset by my, by, by you being able to view my films. I'm giving you a little part of how you're going to be different. You're going to be changed, and you're going to change your mindset about women because, hello, there's a full screening room. Everybody's here to see every one of these ladies' films. You know what I mean? Um, so if it's not, you know, I don't think at the at the Hollywood level that it's going to change at all. I mean, it's you know, it's just. Well, maybe are we going to be alive when that happens? I don't know. You know what I mean? Things are changing, but more on the indie level, things are changing. Females are directing things. Hey, you know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, that's just all I have to say. Is that um, can I, can I th- things w- things will change with time, but I think in this kind of circle, you know, yeah. Yeah. things will progress as far as women directing. Yeah, I mean, our our first feature film, Alicia, I struggled with this for our first feature film, which is Blood Slaughter Massacre. It's a straight love letter throwback to the 1980s of that time where there's girls that are getting naked and getting slaughtered. But the way we wanted to balance it was treating the women differently in certain scenarios. So, yes, they, they, they did, in the typical sense, get slaughtered by a maniac, but we made sure that when we had women on camera, when we had two women on camera talking, which you never ever see in Hollywood. Um, if you do see it in Hollywood, they're talking about a boy. We went out of our way to make sure that that scene was not talking about guys. It was talking about other women or something else or some, the, the way these women felt towards things. Um, we actually shot a sex scene for that, and we put the woman on top. We put her in a dominating role with a, with a, with a, with a guy who was gay, the actor was gay, um, and we put him in a very, like, he was underneath her. And I think that was kind of the balance that we tried to strike with Blood Slaughter, where it was like, we can love those things, but we can also try and find a balance with it. And, you know, now in Theta, it was really great that we got to play more with uh, femininity and sexuality, where, you know, we have a woman who turns into a monster and is seducing him while showing signs little by little that she's a monster and that she's trying, she's using his, she's using her sexuality against him. And it was really a nice balance between those two and I really think that that is where we need to go with this. Where we, there's still room for that old traditional kind of typical part, It's not going anywhere. But if, it's not going anywhere. And it's fine because that's something that's, you know, there's a history to it. But we need to make a little bit more room to find the balance. Where, you know, fine, if women are going to run through the forest naked and get slaughtered, we're also going to have a female monster that uses her sexuality against a man and get a little bloody and get a little dark with right. it. And, and there's room for hours both. Yes. Of there's room for both. have a, a genre of screen kings. I would love, I would love, one day, one day I would love to make a slasher film and just flip the genders and have the guy in the shower <laughs> and have the, the knife we just come at him. Let's slaughter uh, massacre two. That would be a complete role reversal. Next up, who wants to jump in this conversation? I'll wait in the back. Yeah, what we're talking about gender in our I just want to raise that we really have to get rid of the cliche that the only time you see a transgender 
punk rock album is great. <laughs> you know, is, is there anyone in the business that you um, see as a mentor or, uh, you know, uh, inspiration. an icon, inspiration? So <laughs> Um, mine's Elvira. I mean, I have to say Elvira. Um, I mean, she's absolutely my girl, through and through. Because I think she really took her sexuality and found a way to make it funny and to make it okay and be able to have us be able to laugh at it with her. You know, and I think that was a really great switch. And I think that's that's one of the. Yeah. Sorry, I just geek out. <laughs> Not even strictly to the genre, but my favorites are Angelina Jolie and Charlize Theron. You don't get much more badass than that. And they've created a career being the weak one and being the strong one. And you can marry the two. And that's what I want. Like, you mind if I just stand this guy here and take a picture of you while you sit here? Did you have uh, an inspiration out there? <laughs> I just, I mean, in, you know, what I do with costuming and stuff, it's it's very female-centric. I mean, there, I mean, there are a lot of male designers, but there's plenty of female designers to look up to. And I guess in that regard, I'm kind of lucky that I do have that kind of, I guess, I guess maybe a role model to to have in that direction. Anyone else? Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Badass. She's actually Lori Petty as Tank Girl. I, maybe I should oh, not say that. Yes. She's know? actually younger Any, than me, but I'm like, fascinated by Jamie Catherine Isabel. <laughs> I am fascinated by Catherine Isabel's work. I think she's, she's awesome. Great. Yeah. I don't know, as a special effects artist, um, yeah. it's always a lot difficult to be in the field because uh, we get bullied a lot by a lot of male roles because uh, when you see a female special effects artist, you always automatically assume that, oh, she's a female, she does beauty, and that's all she knows. So uh, I, I've had a lot of situations uh, like where guys would literally approach me and say, this is a man's world, like, learn to live in it. And it would be like, like you would, there's, there's a soul, like, or like, women would get paid a lot less in different uh, yeah, companies. It's true, right? It's true. Even, even though some of our work is a lot better than male's work or some people's work, um, and probably the best in the industry, like uh, Neil, she's incredible. She's worked on like 4,000 films. She would make up for Pirates of the Caribbean, Beetlejuice. So, um, and she's been in this for a really long time, and she's still like stuck through it, and now she's like one of the top leading special effects artists. So it's kind of, it's always that struggle, the power struggle of like, you know, who, who can get this done. And, uh, and you know, I think that's really important too. I mean, Masquerade, you know, I, I used to do makeup back in the day. I started this off. Now I'm much more in a designer role, but I have an all-female makeup team. <laughs> um, and I love, we love our all-female makeup team. We love giving them the chance to get bloody. We love the chance getting them, you know, they can do beauty, they can do blood, they can do anything. And I think it's really important, especially, and I think it's been really important to us, because it's given women, like, for Blood Slaughter Massacre, we do have a movie. Um, they were handled by women. Um, they, the actresses, I can't tell you how relieved they, they felt when they got on the set, and they're looking at, you know, my husband, Manny, and they're looking at our cameraman, Louie, and then they see two women in the room. And they start to realize, I'm his wife, and his girlfriend is also doing the makeup, you know? And there, there's no funny business at all happening, because we're here, and they're safe. <laughs> and the fact that they're handled from, you know, from makeup to production by women, I feel like they've had a lot more freedom and a lot more... They were so much more comfortable that they were more public clear with their performances because of that. 
and they recommended, like, we had one girl, and she recommended three or four other um, actresses because she felt it was such a great environment. And I love providing that, and I think that's really, that's where the duty comes in for me, is making sure that women are comfortable on my set, and, and doing everything I can to bring more women onto my set. I think, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I thought you had the next question, but I want to throw something in real quick that is going to. Uh, Memories of it. Yeah, just just as I'm I, as I'm trying to, to say that I lost it. It's going to come back. Did Did you have a question, John? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow we show is being shown. The woman that takes And there's a letter from a, from a guy, I'd never met him, you know, just a random message. And he wanted an autograph. Actually, his, his, uh, his nine-year-old daughter wanted an autograph, my autograph picture, which I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, my, my, my nine-year-old daughter, she's really into horror. You know, she's starting a little collection, and she really, you know, she really likes you. And would you please send us an autograph picture? I couldn't. I tell you, I can't even believe it, you know what I mean? It tickled my heart, you know what I mean? And this little girl is nine years old and she wants to be a director. So for our next generation of women, we're keeping it going. She's gonna have a little autograph picture, she's gonna look at it and she's gonna think, you know, her daddy didn't tell her, you can't be a director, you can't be in the film industry, you know? I, I love that the next generation is so creative and and people, you know, parents are so supportive of women doing what they want to do, you know? Darkness. We're doing it. We're doing it. So, you know, Deborah runs the uh, uh, the other uh, film festival, the, uh, the LI um, 
International Film Festival at Nassau County. And my question, which I kind of got sidetracked a little bit lost, was basically if you've seen it over time, because you've done like 15, 17, almost 20 of these, right? Have you seen over time more submissions coming from, from female From women, directors? absolutely. Okay. Yeah, a tremendous. I mean, it used to be once in a while a, a film would come in now. I mean, I'm no longer a judge. I don't really see them because I just touch way too many films. But um, oh, without question, I, I would probably say there's a good 40% of women. Easily. Nice. Easily. Nice. Yeah. And the judges that are women. Rate the films that are. How many judges are women? That rate the films that come out of um, the festival. Uh, as far as the people who judge the films, I don't know if that's who what you're asking. Uh, well, I wasn't judging. You're getting it from a man's perspective. Yeah, no, we have we have both. They have an equal mix. We have young as young as 20s. We have people in their 60s. We have male, female, black, white. You know, we have a whole gamut of films. Of, of well, that makes it easier for yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. And harder because you get 10, 1, 2, 3. Right. <laughs> You have a question, Giovanni. I don't have a question. I should comment. I appreciate what everybody's saying about gender and sexuality and everything. But as a writer, filmmaker, myself, um, I just want to work with other great, talented people. I never care. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's a woman director. I don't want to work with her. You know, um, the reason I'm even here is because I saw Jennifer Valdez's work before, and I liked her style. And... I wanted to meet her and possibly work with her in the future. It never even occurred to me, like, oh, well, you know, she's a woman. I don't know if she can handle it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I think we just need to get out of that mindset, you know, like, because if you stay in that mindset, it's like people who, like, you know, call foul, call racism every time something happens, you know, bad to them. You know? Things are changing. You know, more and more people are getting into the industry, like, and just, I think we need to remember that. There's a lot of people out there that are terrible filmmakers were men. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, let's concentrate on the fact, like, yeah, like, there's all the people that want to work with people just on, based on their talent not because of yeah. anything else. I mean, I think that if, I don't know how it is for everybody else, but I find that I haven't seen as much of the male dominated stuff, only because when you're independent, you make your own work. Yeah. So I, I really didn't look at that, and I haven't had a problem for years, and then I had like this little thing start happening as I started winning awards, that men stopped talking to me. And, and then and, and most of the crew that I do use that are male or younger filmmakers, they don't have a problem with me at all. The people my age and a little younger, all of a sudden it's like, I'm getting unfriended on Facebook. I'm getting, I'm like, that's good terrible yeah. to do that. We, we had this very interesting, um, I, I co-directed a web series with a friend, I'm a male, Louis Cortez. We co-directed together, Talk of the Brain People. I did four episodes and he did four episodes. Um, and when we started submitting to film festivals, um, you know, we would just put the application as, as it was, and there were a number of film festivals that credited only him. And we started changing the way we, we, we submitted things so that my name, alphabetically, Lindsay goes before Louie. And still we were having the same results. Where often I was left off of posters, I was left off of any press. Because I, I actually do the submissions for it. Once I started putting her name before yes. his, we stopped getting accepted. Stop getting accepted. Wow. The got a lot less accepting, wow. accepting from And even when, we, even when we did Q&As, right yeah, even when we did some Q&As, they would direct all the questions to him. And, and, and 
you know. So there, it, it's still there, and it's very subtle. Um, and, but you, you just, you just ignore, it and you just. You just hold your head up high, and you just keep pushing forward. There's Guys, always going to be... Real, real quick, we have someone's arms falling off right here, so... Let her go first, if you don't mind. I guess I've kind of, I'm getting a little older now. I have two, I have three amazing little nieces. One of them's still an infant, so two really that are um, coming into their own. Um, and we, we, you know, we live in a multifamily house, so they, we've been with them their entire lives. And, you know, when they were very little girls, uh, their parents were very into the Disney princessy stuff. Um, but being around us, they've had kind of that, that, horror kind of in the background, that Halloween fun, and now we've started to see them, one's nine and one's four, and the nine-year-old is, is starting to like, she liked Monster High, she's kind of starting to like villains now, but the four-year-old will come up to our apartment and we'll have Creep Show or some other movie on, and she's enraptured, I mean, she will just get sucked into that TV, and it's like, I see it in her, and she just, she like, will tell us, I love monsters. I like scary <laughs> stuff, and I and I feel like that's kind of shaping me and how I'm kind of relating to things now. Where it really is about like just putting it out there and kind of making it as available, and and shaping that next generation and just making it available and saying you can do this and this is okay. And you if you get a little scared, it's okay. You know, embrace that fear, face that fear. You will conquer that fear, and you will be stronger for it. And I think, you know, I want to be more of a role model now, especially for them. But especially, you know, even for these women and for you guys. And I think that we all need to help each other come together, be a community. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, many of these people have been on my sets. Many I've been on their sets. We all support each other. And, and you have to in this field. You have to. Yeah. You know, if you see a local artist, you know, if you want to help them out, you buy their stuff. You stuff. don't have to. You know, that's the yeah. point, though. Yeah. Like, right. we all do. Like, the community, like, in Long Island and, like, New York it's filmmakers are nice area. people has a really great who community. like to work to, together. You go to California, it's nobody's not like that. You, you have told me a story. Like, I had gone to a convention there, nobody wanted to even talk to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody, all, all around here, like, you know, we're connected. We're, you know, we know that we're serious, you know. Yeah. We work with each other. We help each other out. We go to each other's screenings, you know. I mean, even it's you very just said important. that you're screening because, you know, you're up for Best Cinematography. And Patrick Devaney is also up for, for Best Cinematography. But it's not that we're competitive. And you said that beautifully in, in, in your screening earlier. It's oh, not that we're you. competitive. We it's all support we, each other because it's all other. art, you know. Yeah. We all appreciate each other's art, you know, and I think that's that's what's important. And it's genderless, you know. Art is genderless. It is. Yeah, it's, it's not easy being an artist because, you know, you have to pay a lot for materials. You have to 
pay a lot for other people's work and it's like it, like nobody tells you but like when you're first getting into the field you're doing a lot of free work and you're putting a lot into it you're investing a lot into it only to eventually in a couple of years actually get something in return out of it and it's definitely like I feel like it's our job not just like as females but as artists I feel like it's our job to kind of keep that flame burning at all times because like that that, that keeps that inspires everybody it just keeps everyone going it's not an easy job the no. um, story of your niece uh, your young niece watching uh, these monster movies and stuff like that for anyone who um, is curious how things like that can have an impact the reason why we're all sitting in this room right now is because when Elsie was probably uh, I guess 10 years old or whatever it was her mother sat her down in front of the exorcist <laughs> and that created a love for horror and so on and so forth and then you know, along the ways of life people connect and get to creating things and that all was simply because somebody was put in front of a horror movie and now I can tell you, honestly, uh, Twitch Twitch Productions events have changed lives. All from that one moment that a little child was put, I mean, I have, uh, I've witnessed people fall in love and get married at our events. I've witnessed vows renewed at our events. I've seen engagements. I've had people come up to me and say, can I use your stage? And, and I want to you know, let the whole world know that I, that I want to get married. I mean, this is all stemmed from literally art, believe it or not. So um, I did see a couple of hands. Did, did you ever I have yeah. yeah, before. I, I wanted to also say horror also is there's a lot of people, filmmakers in general, film people in general, sorry, a lot of them are snobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you try to talk to them and like they act like, you know, I'm sorry, pardon my language, they act like shit doesn't stink. Um, but horror in general, it's like I've had so many times where like I try to pitch stuff, you know, mine that is horror oriented, and a lot of people look down on it automatically. Well, even outside though, of horror. I'm sorry. Outside of horror, people look down on it. Yeah, just yeah. in just in the film Absolutely. business in general. Absolutely. Okay. You know, and I'm not talking about. I mean, like, I'm not talking about like trauma film horror. <laughs> I'm talking about like stuff that's a little bit more, you know, psychological, well thought out. So, you know, I mean, you do what you love, and. Uh, I mean, I think people who are like that, they don't understand the horror genre. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I love horror is because it is everything. You know, you have moments of comedy to break tension. You have drama. You have scary things. I mean, you need every element of storytelling to make a horror. You need to build the tension and you need to release the tension. You need to build the tension. You do that through drama, you do that through comedy, you do that. I mean, every aspect of storytelling, filmmaking is in a horror movie. There's a lot of bad movies. There's bad movies and that are bad. Yeah, but there's a lot of bad There's good and there's bad. There's good and there's bad of everything. You're not going to want to package it as a horror movie if you're going to the Hollywood level. You're going to want to say it's a thriller. Exactly. You know, there are horrific things in movies these days and they're not horror movies. You know what I mean? And they should be. You know what I mean? And they wouldn't have gone as far if they were. Hey everyone, welcome back. Unfortunately, we need to cut the panel playback off there. A member of the listening audience had an unfortunate incident and paramedics had to be called, so that was the end of the discussion. Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the panel, and I want to thank Adam Ginsberg, the Macabre Film Festival.
and all the ladies who participated in the panel for allowing us to record the discussion and present it to you here. You can get previous episodes of Filmmaking Sucks at MassGravePictures.com. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, give us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also email us at FilmmakingSucks at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and keep on keeping on, indie filmmakers. Thank you.